Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. As usual, that's what we intend to do. Hey, wait a minute. Our triggers aren't working, and it's the second day that our triggers have not worked on Zap. We got to figure out what's going on with Zap and our triggers, which means a lot of people are not going to get noticed that our program has started. Triggers, what's going on with you? Triggers, triggers. Looks like I'm going to have to spend the time to work on that. Anyhow, welcome aboard, folks. Welcome aboard. Eric Hayes, welcome aboard. Stephanopoulos, because we got like 10,000 to 10,500 Americans in the country right now. And are you committed to making sure that the troops stay until every American wants Biden? Yes, he lied on national TV. No. I mean, uh, he intended to get all of them out. Things didn't work out. Uh, what do you want him to do? Would you prefer him to stay and get a whole lot more than 13 Marines killed? Again, that is this, that is the, and I, I hate to use this word, but that is the idiocy of the right. I'm sorry. That is the idiocy of the right. They have no ability to have any critical sense, critical thinking. I mean, we just have to say things that are true. No ability of critical thinking. It is a shame. No ability of critical thinking thinking. Anyhow, welcome aboard, Eric Hayes, Rose Williams, welcome aboard. Welcome aboard, Jessica Taylor, great to see you. Michael Rudnan is here, and Michael says, I'm posting from away today with family and then heading home before the storm hits. I'm going to watch the replay later tonight, but we'll post most uh, post my usual commentary before I go. See you tomorrow. Love you, Michael Rudnan. You are a, you are a, you are a jewel uh, to Politics Done Right, like many of our other jewels here at Politics Done Right. I thank you guys so kindly. I could not have done this without any of you. We could not have done this together without each other. Anyhow, flash floods watch as Ida's remnants likely to bring five inches of rain overnight. Uh, what's left of Ida is coming to New York City. Is above an hour. Thunderstorms and heavy rain expected. Uh, Michael Rudden also takes a six-week abortion ban, takes effect uh, after Supreme Court's inaction. This is insane. Six weeks is before most women know they're even pregnant. This is such an anti The Republican Party, we ought to understand it. I'm not talking about the rank-and-file Republicans. They don't even know it. The Republican Party is an anti-woman party. It's an anti uh, uh people of color party it's an anti all these things it's it has turned into a white supremacist party look not because the republican party is a white supremacist party does it mean that every single republican is a white supremacist that's not the case party affiliation is generally a cultural thing uh, what we have to do is break the culture Either one of the two things, either the Republican Party ought to see its roots. And, you know, there are a lot of Republicans that, that have bolted the party because they've realized that it's a clear and present danger. It is a white supremacist party. It's a, in effect, it, it is one step above, you know, I mean, I, you hear me call about the, Amer the, the American Taliban. I mean, if you take a look at the laws they're passing, they're passing laws to restrict voting. 
They're passing laws so that you can attack women. In other words, I'm, we're going to talk about that with one of the interviews that I did today with uh, Trust Women. They're passing laws to reduce the ability of people that don't look a certain way to vote. That is what they're doing. And, you know, they're doing it in very psychological manners, in very interesting forms in which they're doing it. That is what they're doing. Read you know, what, what happens a lot of times with my Republican brothers and sisters is that they don't read the bills created by their own, their own politicians. They just trust them at face value. But no, the Republican Party is officially the American Taliban. Make no mistake about that. And I stand by those words. Workers need paid sick leave, no, not just vaccine mandates, no sick leaves uh, during a pandemic. That's insane. It, I had no idea this wasn't already the law from the article. Workers who are sick need to be able to stay home from work. This is crucial to contain a pandemic. It's again, these are when when we call those people who don't understand these values. Well, we'll go there later. If workers know they can call in sick without missing a paycheck or losing their jobs, everyone is safer. Research shows, not surprisingly, that sick leave policies substantially reduce work ahead by sick workers. Such policies cut down on transmission of flu. Again, all of this, Michael Rudnan, requires what's known as critical thinking. Thinking through different levels of indirection. Something that is anathema. Well, I like to say... Many would like to say that is anathema to the Republican leadership. It is not anathema to the Republican leadership. You have to understand, the Republican leadership doesn't think about humanity. It thinks about human workers as disposable agents. So therefore, come, get the work done. If you get sick, we throw you away and we bring the other person in. That's what it's all about. It is that you are an expendable resource. Never forget that. If you doubt it, read the laws they write. Read the laws they write. Again, Texas was given the opportunity to give health care to every single Texan free of charge, taken up by all of us, the federal government, all of us. We left that money on the table for ideological reasons because later on, we do not want to have to spend a penny on humanity. Remember that, people. It is imperative that you understand it and are able to articulate that to your friends, to your brothers and sisters who, are, who believe they, are, they, they follow the Republican values. They are not Republicans. They're cultural Republicans in name, but they don't stand for the evil that the leadership of the Republican Party represents. I'm sure they don't. So that's why I distinguish between my Republican brothers and sisters and the Republican Party, which is, again, I repeat, the American Taliban. Repeat it with me, the American Taliban. Michael Rodney says, how safe is it for kids to go to school during Delta without mass mandates and vaccination requirements? Schools become a hazardous learning environment. Parents would be well advised to watch the seven-day rolling average uh, uh, rate for their local locality and put the kids in, uh, out if there is spike. And that's what's happening in our locale right now. Uh, we have a very irresponsible board of directors who have hired a right-wing uh, administrator and in the process of doing that have created policy that will get some of our kids killed 
and it will also get some of our employees at the school, the teachers, etc., killed. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Okay. Uh, let's see. Eric Hayes. No, let's see. Uh, Rose Williams says, hi, everyone. Nanette Birdsmith. Hi. How are you doing? Uh, Eric Hayes. Egberto, it's 14 now. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Eric, they had since May to request travel assistance. Privilege does not work in this situation. Sorry, it's sorry. Let's see. Eric Hayes says, transcripts are true. Nothing critical about the, but probable. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, doesn't make any sense. Jessica, love it. The American Taliban. I heard that, Egberto. LOL. It is. And please remember, American Taliban. Whenever you're with your friends and you're talking about the Republican Party, distinguish your friends from their party. Their party is the Taliban. They need to abdicate themselves from the influences of the Taliban. Joseph Williams, welcome aboard. He says, we POCs can't break a culture that is not ours. It is up to white people. They create it, benefit, and maintain it. Well, let me just do a qualification there, Brother Joseph Williams. And that is, remember, the Republican Party used to be the Honorable Party. The Republican Party is the party of Lincoln who once spoke up against slavery, who fought against slavery. Not that they weren't racist or anything like that, but they did the right thing. The racist party used to be the Democratic Party. History is so important that we understand. And what happened is after uh, Johnson signed the Civil Rights he understood that he was going to, he as a Democrat, was going to lose the southern part of the Democratic Party. And all these guys became what were known as the Dixocrats. They then populated the Republican Party in the south and they became the, 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 the racists from the Democratic Party became Republicans. And that's where we got Strom Thurmond, who was once a Democrat. We have the, 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 all these Texans that were once Democrats that are now Republicans. Learn the history. The Democratic Party used to be the racist party. The Republican Party used to be the party of honor. It flipped and they changed people. They changed who populated those parties. That is what happened. That is what happened. All right, Eric Hayes says, who cares what you say about others? Just an opinion. No, it's not an opinion. It is codified, Eric. An opinion means I just think it out and think that's the way it is. Codifications is in law. They just passed a law that said the following in Texas. Women. If after six weeks, your mother takes you to an abortion clinic, we can sue your mother. And if your mother decides not to answer the suit, she will owe me as a person who sues $10,000. She will also owe whomever sues her, whoever sues the clinic, $10,000 if an abortion occurs after six weeks. Okay. That's Taliban behavior. That is setting up the mob. That is the institution of the mob codified. Just like they codified having white supremacists at voting booths in every single precinct in Texas. It is not an opinion. It is codified. It's in the law. And you cannot, if, uh, you cannot throw these white supremacists out of the voting booth unless they commit what you think is a crime twice. In other words, even the first time they get away with it. So in effect, they can make the rounds. 
I go into position in, into precinct one, commit one crime, stay there, commit the second crime, they kick me out, I go into precinct two, the other white supremacists come in and each supremacist get a chance to go into every single precinct. Sir, it's not opinion. It is codified into law. Bruce Pollard, we need to get voters out. Every woman should vote against a Republican state representative or senator. Same with every non-white supremacist. Those who should make the... Yeah, exactly. Bruce, you're absolutely correct. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Eric says, Egberto predicted death today. Nice. No, I didn't. Uh, Tom C., Democrats are the party of the big tent. The GOP is the party of the bigot... Tr- <laughs> I love that, uh, brother Tom C. Eric Hayes says, name-calling... Again, name calling would be just calling somebody a name that doesn't apply to them in reality. Like, if I call an intelligent person a stupid person, that's name calling. If I call a Republican leader who uh, created draconian laws for women a Taliban type person, that's not name calling. That is a statement of fact. It is not that the party with consciousness, and it's not the party of consciousness anymore. That is correct. Hayes, tell us, Egberto, you know all. I don't know all at all. I, my, my audience knows all because we have what's called crowdsourcing data. Crowdsourcing data. I have the best, intelligent, smart people. When, I, when I'm stumbling, there's always somebody there to say, Egberto, this is what it is. That's what we're talking about. Shared data. Joseph Williams labels ideologism persists like a virus, hence the switch. Exactamente mundo, Jose Williams. Uh, E2247 says, could the Delta and other variant strains of coronavirus put fragile balance at risk? Yes. Medical and vaccine development epidemiology and public health experts panels on SARS variants arising. How effective current vaccines might be against them? Again, the, the, the reason why the vaccine was much more powerful than natural immunity was the vaccine went and targeted a protein that was not changing between variants very much. So your immune system still recognized the, var- the different variants as the virus and attacked it. But the virus is going to get smart and change the spike protein. And when that spike protein, the protein that's needed to infect your cell, when that changes, or it's not going to work anymore. And th- that can only change if you have a lot of uh, unvaccinated people who the virus can only mutate in unvaccinated people. It's that simple. So the, 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 we can blame all of our current pandemic in America on those people who allowed themselves to be ill-informed with disinformation, they are the ones killing us all. Let's remember, we it's time to tell the truth. Those unvaccinated people are a clear and present danger to, the, to not only themselves, and you know, they're dying, they're falling like flies. All these guys on the radio that's talking about the virus, you don't need to do this, they're dying. I mean... I hate to say it's a good thing, but if you have if if you have a platform where you have ten thousand people listening, fifty thousand people listening, and you are telling them not to take the vaccine, you know what? When you die from the, the from the virus that you're telling them not to take a vaccine of, I can almost guarantee you that you've created some converts into taking the vaccine. 
Uh, Eric Hayes, opinion is your set of truth. Again, Eric, Eric, please tell me which statement I made that was opinion that you couldn't find codified into law. You could not possibly name it. You couldn't because I don't do that. If I have an opinion, however, I will tell you it's an opinion. All right, Bruce Pollard says, it's not the Taliban, it's the Inquisition. Uh, and well, Bruce, okay, I'll take that. Well, I'll take that. Would bonding be in your example here? I have a judge that will explain bonding to you because, again, when I talk about critical thinking, Hayes, that's what I'm talking about. Everybody think the bonding issue, these judges are just letting out these criminals on bond. When there is a law that tells them, based on X, Y, and Z, they have to let these people out on bond. But it's even worse. It's a Republican law. And why did the Republican pass the law the way they did? Because they use the criminal as their raw material. The criminal are their nuggets. The criminals are the ones who populate their pocketbooks. How do they do that? When a criminal has to go into jail and he gets a bond, he puts up 10% and the bonds person does the rest and the bond person keeps the money. The bond people are generally Republican bond people, and they don't want the law change. They want everybody to get bond because that is how they make their money. Again, Eric Hayes, critical thinking is important to understand how these things work. So they make the judges look like they are the evil ones, and especially in Harris County now, that most of the judges that won the last election were all Democrat and mostly black women. They wanted to go ahead and say, look at what they're doing. They're letting all these people out of the jail, which isn't the truth. The truth is these women have to let these people out on bond based on the law that was written to, by whom? The, the legislature. So uh, this, this, I'm, I'm getting this judge on. We are, we are still playing phone tag to get a, an appropriate time. But again, critical thinking, sir, critical thinking. Uh, hello, everyone. We Maywood, welcome aboard. Joseph William well, uh, says, I'm very well aware of the history, LBJ, Atwater, Bush, Moore, Majority, etc. Political parties serve as vessels of ideology. Parties change ideology. Six. There you go, brother. Exactly right. Exactly right. Expert on SARS variants arising, how effective current vaccines might be against them. Great. Eric Hayes, shared like-minded data is a relative and common thought on Egberto show. Shared like-minded data is... No, I, I, again, look, there are two kinds of data, right? If I hold up this mouse and I let it go, it's going to drop. That's a fact of acknowledging there's something called gravity. Okay? That's a fact. If I, if I tell Jessica, hello, Jessica Taylor, it's my opinion, it's my belief that Jessica is going to return and say, Hello, Egberto, how are you doing? But it's not a fact. There's a difference. The statements that I make are like gravity. If I let go of this in our current sphere, in our current dimension, if I let go this mouse, it's going to fall. If I say, Hello, Jessica, I think she's going to answer, that's an opinion. Okay? It is important, and again, critical thinking, and that's why the schools don't want to teach it anymore. Critical thinking means that the Republican ideology will be a total failure. 
neoliberal ideology would be a total failure. Why? Because nobody would believe that a person could be a billionaire. Because nobody has worked for a billion. Nobody would believe the concepts of my money is working for me. Because your money working for you means somebody else is actually doing the work. I mean, there are simple things that are statements of fact. Okay? Simple things, my brother. Uh, let's see, Jessica Taylor, putting a seatbelt on doesn't prevent car accidents, but they help to prevent more serious injuries. That's a fact that she just said there. Liberal judges and bonding, whoa, and the cop ki- got killed in Houston. And uh, You see, again, critical thinking, Hayes. You're not listening. You choose, to, you choose to listen to those who would mislead you. You choose to listen to those who don't know the law. All right, Roberto Lewis says, no, let's see, uh, true facts, Egberto, well explained to how bonds are done. Thank you uh, very much. I I wish Hayes would listen to law, right, and not what, you know, and, and what they're trying to tell him. Think about it. Think about it. Change the law and the judges would be able to act accordingly. Remember that. All right, let's see. Uh, in, in World War II, two companies that could make it item got to the same plan, specs, drafts, etc. that allowed interchangeable standards part and hold products around the world to all allies. I remember about that. Actually, I saw something about that. Uh, is he wrong? Oh, Egberto, is Turner wrong? Are you saying he is lying? Oh, is he lying? Again, Turner is a politician just like the other politicians, okay? Again, all these politicians, when, when one of these criminals get let out of jail, how could you do that, judge? They don't want to take responsibility for the laws that they pass in the legislature. It's that simple. It is that simple. All right, let's see what else we got. Bruce Pollard, I, I have a friend who refuses to wear seat belts and pays the fine. Twice so far, he admits being afraid to get vaccinated. All right, let's see. Eric Hayes, I have a bridge for... <laughs> I mean, he would buy it. He would buy it. Anyway... I want you to listen to this, uh, this, this interview with, uh, or rather, Zach Gingrich. I, when, when the law passed, I called up true women, uh, uh, trust women, because I wanted to get their point of view. So check it out. Welcome to another edition of Politics and Right. My name is Egberto Williams. Today we are with Zach Gingrich Gaylord from uh, Trust Women. Look, Zach, uh, you know what? Last night, we were waiting up until midnight to see if we we're going to get an injunction from the Supreme Court uh, because of the law passed in Texas. Why don't you first go ahead and tell us what is the problem with the law here in Texas? Uh, well, you know, right from our perspective in uh, Kansas and Oklahoma, you know, we're concerned with the amount of travel people are going to have to do uh, at the core of this law is really a, a troubling concept that uh, the best way to um, deal with, you know, deal with abortion care is to attack the networks of mutual support that people have. A lot of our patients really rely on their families, uh, their employers, you know, their churches to help support their choice to seek abortion care and to do fam- just normal family planning. Um, around 80% of our patients are already parents, you know, so in order to travel 600 miles, 700 miles uh, from Texas to either our Oklahoma City or Wichita Clinic, they're going to need to rely on a lot of people to get there. And this uh, legislation directly criminalizes 
people's networks of support. And that's just a really pernicious and cruel um, uh, way to, uh, you know, regulate something that's just basic healthcare function. It is interesting because the law that was passed here in Texas that, that goes into effect today actually penalizes, not, I mean, the way they wrote the law is to make sure that government was not really involved. So it's just yeah. people, as you just mentioned, the support system for these people are now held accountable and civilly liable for allowing or for helping a woman who may want to do her health care, in this case, an abortion. And, they're li and, and the, the interesting thing about the law is if, if an Uber driver gets sued for taking a woman to an abortion clinic, and the Uber driver said, well, really, all I did was transport this woman. I'm going to ignore that. That's a frivolous lawsuit. By default, the person who claimed he's involved wins the case, and he owes that person $10,000. Is right. that? It's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, there's not a lot of words to describe just how uh, out of bounds that kind of thing is. And, and you know, it's not going to do what they you know ostensibly want to do it's going to leave people uh in further dire situations who can't afford to make that uh travel arrangements um you know people uh who are able to access funds or networks of support you know it's going to severely disrupt their own lives as they try to uh travel to kansas oklahoma Arizona, New Mexico, Louisiana, you know, all these different places. Uh, all while there's also, um, you know, we kind of tend to forget there's still an ongoing pandemic. And so putting people at further risk um, uh, of either spreading or contracting or bringing back more COVID, you know, uh, it's just a highly irresponsible uh, uh, piece of legislation. Yeah. It, is, it is crazy. Now, here it is now. Two men talking about this issue that dramatically affects women. And we are cognizant of that. But yes, I, I want to put a corollary on to all the women that are watching. These two men come to the defense is to say that all these draconian laws are being effectuated by men, mostly men on a woman's yeah. body. And I, to put it bluntly, I think to, for all practical purposes, it's up to men to put some sense in men's brains that it's none of our damn business. Your thoughts on that? Well, look, I think um, we need everybody to get involved in this and understand the impacts that this is going to have on our communities. And, um, you know, as far as men speaking out for uh, on on behalf of people needing abortion care, we need we need people uh, of all types to stand up and say this is far too far. Um, this isn't going to do what they want it to do, and uh, this is really just going to create more harm for our communities. Now, Zach Gingrich Gaylord, thank you so kindly for thank representing you. Trust Women and for giving us your thoughts on the draconian law just passed in Texas. Yes, sir, you got it. All right. Um, we next before before I forget, please, folks, if you are uh, if you are on YouTube, please click that join button. Become a part of our uh, PDR posse. We could not do all of this without you. We couldn't get all these interviews, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, without you. I have an interview that I need to play right away because we're going to be running close on time. But please also remember to support 
at politicsandright.com slash support, politicsandright.com slash support. That is the way we can continue doing what we're doing. I'd like to bring to you the one and only Marie Pisano. Here we go. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being with us. Marie Pisano was born and raised in Chicago. She moved to Memphis in 1999. She was she has served on the boards of the International Children's Foundation, the Women's Foundation for Greater Memphis, and the Commission on Missing and Exploited Children. She was co-founder of the Tiara T Society, chairperson for Go Red for Women, and created Rock for Hope for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. She's a devoted mother of two and very passionate about film, music, and community. The author, producer, radio, TV host, and speaker is building her life and her company's MVP3 Entertainment Group and MVP3 Studios on truth and integrity. And she is the author of some books with some striking titles. From Barefoot Stilettos, Finding My Yes, and also She Isn't Shy about saying it's not for sissies. Mary Pisano, welcome to Politics and Right. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, look, let me tell you, um, I, I, like, I like great stories and I like great beginnings because one of the things, in as much as we're a political show, one of the things we like to do is talk about empowering people and your story is an empowering story. I mean, and uh, what I want you to do for me, if you will, is give us a little start. Who is this Mary Pisano from Chicago who had some heavy things happen in the beginning of her life? And then we're going to talk about how you stepped forward and took command of your entire life and give it in a, in, in, in a manner that encourages folk that says we have control of our own lives. We are control of our destiny. It's a, it's a choice. But um, growing up on food stamps in the south side of Chicago in an all-African-American community with gangs and, um, you know, learning how to navigate through that and throughout life with a mom. And then, um, you know, it, it's something that, you know, you take with that, that is kind of like street smarts, so to speak, but you, you know, what I want everybody and encourage everybody to understand is just because of what you have gone through or where you grew up doesn't mean that totally defines you. It helps create who you are. Um, it can, um, the choice that you make to either you know, fall into it or to create better. And what I had learned from my mother was you could either play victim or do something about it. And so I've chosen in my life, in my path, even though I stumbled and fall, you know, along the way, but, but it's still a choice of each day and go find, you know, my yes. And my yes might not be the same yes as your yes, but we could all find our yes by rising up and um, living on truth and integrity is really the key. And that's what I found for myself. And when you heal all the inner child issues and heal the past, that's how you could actually thrust forward to a great future. 
No, I want to ask something. I want to I want to put you on it's hold for one second. I, I want to stop because you brought your mother in for a little second. You said it is something that I guess it was your your yes came sort of a something instrumental from your mother. Uh, is that what you're trying to say or? Well, my mother, when she was younger as a child, she was sexually abused by what um, the term is a family friend. And later in life, what she did to help other children was she created a chapter in Illinois called Child Find for missing and abused children. And when a Chicago Tribune reporter asked her why did she, you know, do this? And she was in the middle of, you know, in the 80s when there was a really, you know, it's a serious matter now, but it was even more serious where she was coming out and where no, nobody really wanted to talk about how the Catholic churches were um, molesting and sexually abusing children. And they asked her, you know, why, why is she, you know, putting her, you know, self out there and why she's doing this. And she said, there's two roads you could take. You could play victim or do something. Her powerful words were, she decided to pick up her panties and move on. That was some powerful words at age 13 for me to hear. It can be shocking and cringing, um, but it means that no matter what had happened to her, she chose to rise up. She chose to, you know, um, not let that define her and go do something about it, not play the victim, but also help empower others. And that's where I get, I believe, my strength. Well, I mean, interestingly, if you take a look at uh, your life, uh, going on the road, one of the first things that happened to you is you're on a motorcycle and you crashed and you you, you, you kind of like exposing that T on your legs. Tell us a little bit about that and, and what made you get out of that, which would have debilitated most people into actually moving your life forward. Well, at the time I was working at Chicago Valley's Health Club and that actually is what helped me survive um, because I was into fitness and that actually the doctor said when I got hit a, a car came out of like the side out of nowhere um, did one of those what they call a Hollywood stop not really stopping and there was um, the vehicle had a headlight that popped up it was a Dodge 1988 and as we were driving by and I'm on the back, the car came out, hit me in the leg, the headlight of the car went into my leg, ah. which tore my leg. And I had, and it came centimeters away from the main artery. And if I did not have the um, background of working out and building muscle, my leg, I would have, it would have cut that main cord in my leg, main artery, and I would have, I would have died. But the grace God, um, and because of how I was involved in fitness at the time, it's, it's what saved me. So, yes, it, it was devastating. It, uh, 
Because when you're young, but you know, the same thing with when you're young and you have the mindset that you're invincible, you know, young teenagers, I mean, you know, they think they're invincible. They, you don't really have the mindset capacity to really see the future or, you know, um, you live for just the now and, and, uh, that's what happened. You know, it was, I just got up and automatically, you know, went into, you know, survivor mode. And, but later in life, it affected me because it's, it's called post-traumatic stress. So, um, it's been definitely a journey. Um, but and, uh, one person, go ahead. The thing about it is that uh, you got up, I, and, and, and that is why your story for me is intriguing, not only about the motorcycle, not only about where you grew up, but how you moved from Chicago to Memphis, Tennessee. Tell us a little bit about uh, that and before we get into the why and what's of your two books. Um. I came to Memphis, Tennessee in 1999 after my now ex-husband um, got a job offer and um, it seemed like a good and it was, you know, going to be something good for our family. And but when we got here, it was definitely a culture shock for me mm -hmm. um, growing up, you know, in the south side of Chicago and. I didn't really think, you know, it's about eight hour drive and an hour and 40 minute flight, but it is a total different <laughs> culture, you know, um, coming from the north to the south. And this is where, you know, the assassination of Martin Luther King, um, the downfall of stacks, um, you know, it there is still underlining racial you know, um, very much more heavier than when I moved here. And that was, you know, that was a difference to, to walk into and how to navigate through that because I didn't see color. I didn't really, you know, where I came from, we have more culture or more, you know, um, there was, there's always been racism, you know, but not like it was here and and trying to again you know a, a city attitude like kind of i explained it like kevin bacon in footloose remember that movie where kevin yes. bacon's from new york comes to the country and he is just the outsider and right. outcasted and everything and that's basically what i didn't feel like i had anywhere to dance so i had to create my own dance well, you didn't only create your own dance. You went ahead there and started saying, I want to bring some of who I really am here. So I want a studio. I want to manage people. I want to talk to people. I want to empower people. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I dove into being on boards that help women and children um, because of, you know, what I learned from my mom, you know, she started organizations and I learned how to fundraise and you know, help events. So I started doing that. And um, the first thing I, I was involved with was with St. Jude. And we started a, you mentioned, you know, I did rock for hope for St. Jude and that was putting on a concert 
um, to help, you know, the research of children's cancers. So we put on this concert and it was like my little mini Woodstock. And we had all different genres of music. And at the time, I also in Nashville, um, watching a poison concert with Brett Michaels. And um, from there, met the Mulch Brothers and Billy Falcon, who write with Bon Jovi. I asked the Mulch Brothers to come perform in Memphis, and they did. And after that, they asked me to be their manager. And wow. um, it was intriguing. And um, I so then I started going back and forth from Memphis to Nashville and really learning the whole music scene, not only here in Memphis and the history, but also in Nashville. And I thought, there's, there's a bridge here that we can build and why wasn't anybody building that bridge? And also we had so much talent in Memphis, but why wasn't Memphis operating like Nashville? Cause Nashville is a music business. They all work together, created this whole music business. And so from there, I just saw this vision, you know, and while I was helping the Mulch Brothers, we got them signed in, in Nashville. And from there, you know, all musicians want their songs and movies. And um, so I just learned and navigated how to get my artists into movies and on the radio and uh, eventually stumbled into also producing, you know, films myself. That, that, that is actually great. Now, uh, why did you write the books? And I mean, uh, I, I, I like the titles because it's, it's so affirmative. From Barefoot Stilettos. What is Barefoot Stilettos anyway? Well, we all come in this world barefoot. We all stumble and fall. Um, but we each have the power to rise up each day and I say stilettos you know in my stilettos because as a woman or anybody you know trying to hurdle over life or whatever um we always get knocked down you know there's always you know curveballs and things that happen in life and things we can't control but no matter what we cannot give up and I just say, I empower myself by rising up in these stilettos. And um, most could get offended by it, but women have to go through a lot of different things. So do men, but women have to teach, you know, men how we want to be treated. But in all honesty, we all have to teach each other how we want to be treated. So stilettos is just not you know this you know stiletto a shoe or anything you know that is offensive it's it's more about rising up you know in in your stilettos little girls always dream of wearing that stiletto or you know that glass slipper but they don't re realize that it takes a lot to wear that glass slipper you know to wear that stiletto without stumbling and falling sometimes you know let me tell you something first of all what you said is so, so true when you talked about uh oh women we women need to tell what it is they need women need to be uh, we need we need to know what 
how different women are treated, etc. You don't have to come out and say, and men also, because we're still living in a patriarchy. So, I mean, uh, I love that you come out assertively and said what you had to say that, yeah, you guys need to learn how, uh, how the hell women need to be, you know, the things that affect women. Now, the title of the book, the, uh, the, the first one, I, I like the, the one that you, you talk about, um, It's Not for Sissies. What's Not for Sissies? I love that. Not easy, meaning it's not easy. Like Rocky Balboa, <clears throat> you know, you in life you get hit so many times, but it's Rocky's thing. It's not how many times you get hit, it's how many times you could get up, and it's not easy. You know, again, all these things that happen to us in life, <clears throat> and we're all victims of victimization. And that, you know, navigating, even what we're looking at in the world today, navigating through everybody's inner child issues, everybody's, you know, fears and everything. This, this world is not easy. And it, again, it's not to be offensive. It's not for sissies. You have to, you know, toughen up. You have to empower to be able to rise above all the noise, all the trauma, and, you know, not taking, you know, this emotional punching bag for others. And once we empower ourselves and get that mind, body, and soul in balance, you know, we're able to teach others how we want to be treated. And again, I, you know, I have to do say this, that, you know, yes, us women have been treated a certain way, but You know, we forget that so have men. Women, mothers have treated little boys and men the improper way. And that's another reason why possibly men, you know, have learned a certain way as well. So it takes both parties, men and women, to learn how to navigate and work with each other. All it is is about respect. You know, whether it's, you know, this racial thing, whether it's this, you know, we, you believe one thing, I believe another, or, you know, how women and men need to treat each other. Everybody just needs to treat each other with respect. And again, all need to find our yes. And our yes is not the same, but we need to respect that. That I wanted to get there and you kind of jumped the gun on me because there are two last questions I want to ask. How do we get to our yes? And, and for my audience, uh, which uh, is a very politically inclined audience, um, your empowering story, the way you just went ahead and, uh, you know, let, let, me, let me preface this a bit. I have a lot of people uh, in, in our, as we are trying to empower people politically, would say things like, well, things can't change, or that's how it has always been, or, you know, those kinds of statements. When you come out and you say, find your yes, uh, it is, I, I tell my audience, you can find, I, I don't use the find my yes moniker, that's yours. Uh, I tell my audience, we can do whatever we set out to do. We just have to get out there, stand up and do it. Uh, you're, from your childhood to your accident, to your moving into a society that was foreign to you, Uh, you went through all these things and each place that you've been, you found your yes. It's clear from your company, you found your yes. It's clear from your achievements, you found your yes. 
So uh, this last, this is the last question, a double, a, a twofer. Explain how you found your yes, how you're sure of your yes, and then uh, ask, tell our audience something that you wish I had asked you that I didn't. <laughs> well, how I found my yes is, again, it's a journey. It's, um, and I always say, you know, but I'm not the Dalai Lama or Mother Teresa, you know, I made mistakes. Um, we, you know, we, we all make these mistakes and we all have this journey. So through it all, you, you're trying to find that yes, you know, you're trying to find that happiness, you're trying to what we're all really trying to do is find ourselves. But the way that we're going to find our yes, is the minute we heal that inner child, and we heal those adverse childhood experiences and and overcome those traumas by not holding on to all that past and all the noise that tells you you can't do it it's always been that way like you said or it, you know this that you the whole world you come out you know in this world and you fear that all they tell you is no well I came out and said, yes. <laughs> so how I find my yes is, I know I have a purpose in this life. I know that I make mistakes. I made mistakes as a parent. I made, you know, but what I've learned is all these mistakes and what other people have done. I was able to take that and be like, that's not what I want to do. I want to create my own yes. And just because they say they can't doesn't mean that I can't. And just because someone says something doesn't make it true. But if I, if I will that, if I say, okay, no, I can't do it. Well, then you're correct. You can't do it because you just said you can't. But if you say that you can and you want to go find that yes, well, yes, you can. You know, and I think I have proven that no matter what happens, I could find my yes, you know, and I hope that I could inspire other people that no matter what, what you get hit with, um, this, let me just explain this past year, and you're one of the first people that I'm interviewing to tell you this, I had $5 to my bank account. I lost my vehicle. Uh, it got repossessed. I was my home. I had nothing. I had someone that ran, took all the money and um, left me with nothing. I didn't know what I was going to do. And here we are in the middle of a pandemic, right? I had the world, the whole world and not knowing what to do once again. But you know what? I found my yes by getting back up, moving forward. I see what's going on in media and this whole world, and I set out to create that change. They tell you no. Well, I found my yes by going to get investors, sharing my vision, my dream, building a movie studio called the MVP3 Studios, where we are going to redefine this entertainment industry. I found like-minded people to come together with me and build this. 
I was able to sell furniture. I was able to do everything I can to get back on my, and by the grace of God, someone gave me a vehicle and someone um, helped me in the middle of all this crisis. And I am now paying it forward by now that I got back up on my feet, giving a vehicle away to help others, the Rotary Family Youth Initiative to help others understand what adverse childhood experiences are and heal those cases and move forward and create change. So now with everything that I am doing, I am very purpose-driven. I want to share with other people um, and empower community through our films, um, through our radio shows, through our television network and everything that we do um, to give back and help others. I don't want to say anything further. That is impressive and that is finding your yes. Um, uh, let me tell you, Marie Pisano, uh, you're an inspiration. Thank you for having been on Politics Done Right and keep up doing the great work and keep up inspiring others because your story alone should tell anybody who thinks they're in the downtrodden that no, they can get up, find your yes, because you know what? It's not for sissies. Thank you so kindly for being on Politics Done Right. Thank you. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that because, uh, you know, um, I really enjoy talking to her both on camera and off camera. It was, it, you know, again, she's an inspirational, a uh, very inspirational person. Anyhow, folks, uh, let's see. We have a lot of stuff that I'm not going to be able to go through, but do join the PDR Posse, as E2247 has said. Please join the, two, the PDR Posse, as Bridge MCP, your great leader, has said. And to do that, all you've got to do is click on that join button on Facebook or go ahead and become a part of our Patreon by going to politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon or going to politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal or welcome aboard. And Nanette Smith, I don't think I saluted you and I don't think I saluted a few others either. Uh, May Wood, I don't think I saluted you, sir. Uh, let's see, if I didn't salute you, drop me a line and I'll make sure to do so. I love to salute my peeps. All right, folks, uh, don't forget, get my books. Good stuff in the books, folks. Please, please, please. Uh, politicsdoneright.com slash books. And get one of our books. If you buy it directly from our store, see, check them out. If you buy it directly from our store, I will include a bumper sticker. And, of course, I'll autograph it as well um what am i forgetting here please remember to go to politicsandright.com slash store well you know so so nanette bird smith and may said yes i did well what can i say you know i'm saying so many things sometimes the mind get all squashed and whatever i'm building websites for i, I just got through building a website you guys should check it out uh alianza latina uh, internacional.org Alianza Latina Internacional.org and I'm, I'm taking over one for a pro, a pro, uh, uh, an independent group here in Texas so my time is crazy anyhow folks Egberto please read my comments from earlier this podcast 
All right, Carl, let me see if I can find it. I still have a minute or so. Uh, let's see what Carl has to say, brother Carl. Egberto, religious fanatics in North Georgia are threatening workers who want to give the COVID-19 vaccine to people who want it. Threaten people who want to be vaccinated. The site closed. Is that crazy or what, people? Keep your head on, everybody. Be nice, as nice as you can. Uh, but please, be forceful with, your, with the facts that you believe and don't allow folks to make conjecture a fact or don't allow anybody to make a fact an opinion because that is how we fall into over 640,000 dead people in America that didn't have to die. We've lost our ability, or too many of us, not all of you, too many of us have last, lost our ability for critical thinking. Let's not keep doing that. Let's not keep doing that. Look, guys, I want to tell you, I love you guys. I love all you guys. Bring more folks so that we can share the love to more people. Let's, let's create a love fest around politics, good politics. Let's create a Let's create a place for those who decide that they really want to change. They really want to be better. Let's do that. Let's, let's create that. Let's give somebody a place to land. Let's give people a place. Let, let them be able to land here and not feel like because they were misled before that somehow they cannot come into the fold. They can Please support us. Click that join button or go to politicsandright.com slash support. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.